right center, Barkov looking to get a step on Mete. Barkov to the net. Barkov between the legs. Unbelievable. Did you just do that, Alexander Barkov? The Panthers are back on top. Hello and welcome back to the Florida Hockey Podcast. Justin Bedford alongside Noah Russo. Now, you've heard us talk a lot about DraftKings, the leader in daily fantasy sports, and how payday can come every day by entering their contests with huge cash prizes up for grabs. This week is jam-packed with action ranging from basketball to golf, and DraftKings has plenty of ways for you to have a front row seat to all of the action. Making a lineup on DraftKings adds excitement to every night and is simple to do. Draft your lineup and feel the sweat like never before. Every moment means more with a DraftKings lineup on the line. DraftKings has paid out over $7 billion to users across all sports and is the leader in daily fantasy sports, so there's no better place to get in on all the action. Now that you know how to play, download the DraftKings app and sign up using code THPN. New users will get a free entry with their first deposit. That's code THPN to get a free entry with your first deposit only at DraftKings. Minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Noah, how you doing, buddy? I'm good. How are you? Doing great, man. It's reading week, so nothing really much going on school-wise. Uh, fair enough, fair so enough. Just been hanging out. Uh, obviously... Uh, like a lot of, you know, Canada and the U.S., we have a ton of snow right now. So, you know, haven't really left the house in the last couple of days. <laughs> yeah, I know you. You guys got a <clears throat> snowstorm. When was it? Yesterday? A couple of days ago? A couple of days ago. Yeah, well, I'm I'm uh, I'm scheduled to get it in the, in the next couple of days, so I'm sure I'll I'll be enjoying a lot of that. Yeah, like I on a. So it happened a couple nights ago and I was at work and I drove my roommate, John, I drove his car to work because he has snow tires and I don't. So I drove his car and there wasn't really You're any from snow. Alberta. You know, I got half snow tires, but it's like 50 bucks to put them on. And so, e-transfer you, man. Come on. It's <laughs> do the, do the same thing. The safe thing is borrowing his car. So it's fair enough. Fair enough. It's not Fine. like I'm driving in the snow. Right. So, Fine. I get to work. I park in the parking lot. There's no snow. I get to work. I'm doing whatever. Right. And then it's like one in the morning. Right. And I still have like a lot of work to do. Right. And my boss just like comes up to me and he's like, Justin, like, yeah, like two choices. Like you're either like going to have to stay here or you should probably leave now to, to get home. And I was like, all right, bad. I'll leave now. So and I get out to the parking lot. Right. And there's probably about a foot. Of snow. It's probably snowed about a foot. Wow. Right. Like, Okay, maybe not that like eight inches. It's a lot of snow, right? Yeah. And I'm going out to my car, and the pl- and it's in a parking lot. And I guess a plow would come and plowed the parking lot, but then pushed the snowbank up against John's car, so I couldn't get in the driver's side because it was just a wall of snow. So then I'd like crawl in through the passenger side, get in, drive out, and then like I'm going home. It's obviously very early in the morning, so no one's on the roads and the plows haven't fully been out yet. So like, can't really steer, can't really drive, get onto the highway. It's fine. And I go to take my exit, the, the call your exit to get home. Yeah. Uh, that, you know, 
and like I went to take the exit and the car couldn't get through the snow. I got like 50 feet into the exit and it just like it couldn't because it just kept piling up. And so I was like, ah, oh, shoot. So then I had to throw the car in reverse, reverse out of an exit back onto the highway. It was just a horrendous display of driving, really. Uh, but made it home anyway, so. That's, that's all that matters. You made it home safe and car was intact. Yeah. Yeah. So big, big shout out to John for letting me use his car. <laughs> and if there's any damage on, on those doors, it's, uh, it's not my fault. <laughs> I, I wonder if Statlitz has uh, cameras in the, uh, in the parking lot. I'd love to see you climb in through the passenger door of a <laughs> buried Car. Well, that's the thing like i've done it like it's like stuff like that's happened with like my car before where, like someone's parked too close right and i'm like a pretty big guy but like my car's fine but john drives like a sedan it's very small i don't so, even think it's a sedan like it's tiny like that's that's small for a sedan yeah so it was like some pretty acrobatic stuff getting in there but nice you know got it done you know and i just it, it, it's a bit embarrassing though because like we've seen on the news all this stuff like you know people in texas losing power right it's not built for that but it's like we're canadians like this is a normal winter thing like i definitely should be better prepared <laughs> yeah but yeah apparently not start, start by getting your winter tires on the mm. volvo uh maybe next year maybe next year <laughs> well that's the thing like I, I i usually get them on i haven't the last couple of years but uh, to be fair, to be fair, I mean, <clears throat> where you live in St. Catharines, like, realistically, <clears throat> how, how often would you, you would maybe need snow tires for what, like two weeks? Yeah, and then it usually, because like back, like when I'm back home in Alberta, right, you get them on like November and you're, you're set, right? And then the yeah, snow obviously. could be there till April. So yeah, you have to get them on. But here it's like, it's a bit rolling the dice. It's like, is it going to snow? Is it not? And then you know, it just gets too late in the season. Then it's like, it's the end of December. It's like, oh, it's like halfway through winter. Like at this point, I might as well just not get them on. And then, you know, <laughs> so that's where we're at. So dealing with the snow. Fair enough. Um, the Panthers don't have to deal with snow. They do not. Well, they do. They do on the ice, but that's usually taken care of. Yeah, man. They're, they're they keep on rolling. Big, big 4-3 uh, win in overtime today. Yeah. You watched the game. Tell us a little bit about how it went down. Yeah, so I know you didn't watch the game, and I'm sure it was, it was a weird start time. It started at 5 p.m. Eastern time, right? It's a weird start time for a Wednesday. I, I, like, it's a Wednesday. I don't even get it. I Honestly, like, it completely slipped my mind that there was a 5 p.m. start today, and I kind of – I was tail end of uh, class. I have class from 6 to 8, and I was like, oh, wait, like – there's a game on right now. So caught a bit of the end of it, but you, you saw the majority of it. Yeah. So I saw the majority and my kind of thoughts are, it seemed like in the first period, like for, for the most, most of the first period, like I didn't think they played poorly by any means and they got some chances and they gave up some chances. Uh, I thought they did a really good job at uh, defending the slot area, which has been an issue in years past and something they've definitely gotten better at this year is you know getting in the lanes you know making sure pucks aren't getting through that area in front of the net so they did that for most of the period and then it was kind of just a little bit of a lapse uh at the end carolina gets two goals and i think 22 seconds right which 
<clears throat> here's the thing like in my mind like that can be pretty deflating right like you're two minutes away from going in the intermission at zero zero now all of a sudden you go in there and you're down to like that type of uh period can kind of be deflating for a team right when you're you're feeling okay about your game but you're down two. Uh, yeah i mean whenever you get scored on period in the last two minutes of of a, of a period is is pretty demoralizing to be honest that, that's when you got to be the most vigilant yeah so i was I, I was feeling a bit nervous about that because i just know how deflating that can be second period uh they, they, they again they played fine um and uh, i think that was when huberto got his goal to make it 2-1 um overall though like they kind of just looked a little bit tired and I think that's just kind of a product of having uh, three really tough games against Tampa Bay, right? Where, you know, those are important points and they're working hard. And it just seemed like there wasn't a lot of gas in the tank for, for a lot of the guys that have been so good this year. And it was really just really the story of the game is it was the Jonathan Huberto show, like being honest, like it was hooby dooby doo time. Yeah. Like he, so he has the two goals, one assist, um, all three, honestly, like highlight real plays, especially uh, his spinorama uh, assist across. Just that was that was pretty remarkable. Yeah, like, yeah, and like honestly, like he could have had probably four or five points in this game. Like he was that good setting guys up. Uh, so really, just unbelievable game from him. I thought, like, yeah, with with without him, this game they wouldn't have been in it. Uh, so just. Yeah, unreal performance from him. And then obviously uh, Lamico gets his first NHL goal, which wasn't pretty by any means. No, and that, that was a pretty weak, weak shot. from for, And from what I saw, Nadalkovich did not look great. You know... Well, well how, how did he look in the entire game? You know, it, it was really... It's tough because, yeah, the, the Lamico goal wasn't great um for sure for him but he made like it was weird like he made some really good plays some really good saves and then there was a couple where like the lamico goal where it just you know he yeah you should save that as a goalie but so like it was yeah you kind of said it was a bit of like an all over all over the place game for him and i think that's probably uh pretty accurate uh so I mean, and he really, he really couldn't do anything on the on the Hubero like game winner. Like, it was a breakaway. It's yeah, like the 50, game winner, 50, you know, breakaway. That's the thing. Like Hubero's goal, breakaway, game winner, great. Uh, Hubero's first goal, unreal shot. Not much he can do there. Obviously, the Hubero assist across. Nothing he can really do there. Um. So, yeah, like really, only the Lamico goal was bad. I mean, Nadelkovic does have a point in being in blaming Jay Gardner for that overtime winner. Because Gardner comes in on the left side, decides that as soon as he passes the blue line, he's going to attempt a cross crease pass literally to the other boards with two Panthers guys in between. It made no sense. What I mean, just vintage Jay Gardner. Yeah, it's Toronto Jay Gardner right there. That's exactly it. Uh, but we'll take it. Exactly. Barkov, take it any day. Barkov manages to intercept the pass. 
passes it up to Huberto, and the rest is history. Yeah, like it wasn't the prettiest win for the Panthers by any means. It wasn't their it was they wasn't their A game for most of the players. But you come out with two points, you gotta be really happy with that. You're sitting first in the division. Uh you look at the standings. They got at least four points on the teams that are in the fourth and sixth, and they have like three games in hand. So, so in this position, what do you think of? I mean, we saw was it on Monday that they played? Uh, the, yeah, Monday night they played the Lightning, Driggers and Net. Today, after one day rest, Driggers and Net again, and then they have another day rest before they have a back to back to Detroit. So. What do you think kind of the mentality is there having Drieger back to back? Well, maybe not back to back, but consecutive games versus pretty good opponents. What does that say about where Bobrovsky lies? You know, I don't think it really says anything negative about Bobrovsky. I think it's more just a testament to the way Drieger's played this season. Uh, and I think that's what Coach Q said uh, when he was asked about it. Like, Drieger was excellent in that last game versus Tampa Bay. And he was great again today uh you know the first like the, the first two goals were just great shots one's a deflection uh he made some big saves there especially down the stretch in the third uh carolina had a really nice chance on the doorstep so not like just an excellent save from him um i mean so he, but sh- surely we see bobrovsky in either the first or the second against detroit yeah, I imagine we see Bobrovsky in the first against Detroit, and then Drieger will come back in for the second. Um, it, the the goaltending is still kind of a bit of a question mark for the Panthers in that it, it's a weird spot to be in when you have – and it's not like as bad as last year, but Drieger's outplaying Bobrovsky right now, but Bobrovsky's getting paid a lot of money. He's supposed to be the guy. So it's not necessarily a bad thing that Drieger's playing you know, as well as he is. Um, but I guess there's just like a bit of uncertainty with that position. Definitely. I mean, Bobrovsky has not been able to, uh, demonstrate consistency while in Florida and Drieger's kind of showcasing that right now. So I think it's a very interesting situation, but at this point you're splitting starts between Chris Drieger, who's probably earning what, like maximum $2 million yeah. and Bobrovsky who's above 10. Um, it's, it kind of, it hurts, it hurts the wallet a little. Yeah. It's one of the situations and a lot of teams are in like have similar contracts where it's like, you would like your $10 million guy to play like a $10 million guy. And you would expect your $2 million guy to play like a $2 million guy. But you know, when, when Drieger's playing the way he is and Rovsky's not doing anything to show that he's better than Drieger at this point, it's hard. Like, as a coach, yeah, of course, like it's and a GM, and sure, it's frustrating to, to pay a guy that much to not be your best, you know, goalie and to be what you're paying for. Um, but you, can't, you have to make decisions that are going to help your team win in the short term. Like, that's what it's all about. Definitely. Especially in a season like this where, like, there isn't a ton of – opportunity for for player movement and stuff like that just with all the different restrictions like we've seen a little bit of movement obviously the line and dubois trade was kind of forced by the players um we saw alex galchenyuk get bounced up to toronto uh yeah so he, i mean he, he, that, that was an interesting <clears throat> move 
But yeah, it kind of just makes it a bit more challenging for teams to go and address certain issues uh, that they might have. Like I'm sure there's lots of teams looking for goalies and looking to upgrade certain areas. Um, but it's not easy because a player, you know, if he comes in, he's got a quarantine for seven days, 14 days, you know, they're going to miss three or four games, maybe in five games. That's a 10th of your season where you're basically just hoping like you're just kind of waiting. So I don't know. Yeah. It's, it's, it's weird this year. It, it really is. And I, I, I looked it up. Chris Drieger is getting paid 850,000. So bargain. basically, well, yeah, first of all, absolute bargain. We should have included him in our best contracts in the NHL uh, last episode, but uh, he's getting paid less than 10% of what Bobrovsky's making. Yeah. It's I, quite I literally. Think, yeah. That's what I the think, numbers are saying. I think you can look at it like that, but if you look at it more in a way, when you say, Hey, we're spending $11 million on our, on our goal te- for our goaltending. Right. And you have that whole like goaltending uh, ensemble with like the four coaches that you just hired this season as well. Yeah. The dream team, the dream team. Yeah. But it's like, <clears throat> Like there are other teams paying that much or more for goaltending and not have the same, like, yeah. If you just look at the positionality of it and say, Hey, they're spending. Yeah. $11 million for, you know, decent enough goaltending, right? Like it's a mm-hmm. lot of money, but if you look at it that way versus we're paying Sergei Bobrovsky 10 million, I think it eases up the fact that Drieger makes that little, like you look at, San Jose's paying that much, I think, for their goalies. Yeah, that's not that's not going great, is it? No, right. Montreal is paying more, <laughs> but they've had great goaltending. Yeah, I mean, Jake Allen's been fantastic for Montreal. Uh, he kind of makes you. He, he, they were kind of in a similar situation before the win against Toronto, where kind of Jake Allen was outperforming Carey Price. Yeah, yeah. So I think if you evaluate it on a positional level. Obviously, Vegas as well is in that mix, but Robin Leonard gets injured, and now it's kind of falling on Mark Andre Fleury to pick who's up. Been, who's been great? Fantastic. Yeah. So yeah, I think when you just say when you don't look at it as ten million dollars for a player, you look at it at the position of this is how much we're spending on our goaltending. It's not. It's not great, but it's not as bad, especially when you consider that goaltending for the most part hasn't really been an issue for the Panthers this year. Uh, to the same extent as it was last year. And I think that's credit to the goalies, but also credit to the defense and this roster construction that was put together by Bill Zito. Yeah. Well, couldn't agree more. Um, It's going great so far. Yeah. Uh, Which brings me to my next kind of thing I wanted to talk about. We're at the quarter mark of the season right now. I think if that math checks out, um, Obviously, Panthers sitting first in the division. Uh, what are your thoughts on just uh, the team so far, what you've seen from them? Uh, do you think they're, you know, are, are you comfortable calling them contenders? And then the next part of that would be, you know, there's been a lot of high hopes for the Panthers for the last couple of seasons, a lot of excitement, and they've kind of flopped. Uh, this year, it seems like the expectations are lower and the team's, vastly outperforming them um what do you think's just made that difference um i think there's a lot of factors obviously guys who like 
I can't speak enough of what Carter Verhage's brought to the table. Like this is a guy who wasn't even probably wasn't even supposed to play for Tampa last season. Manages to carve out a spot in the playoffs, wins the cup, and comes into Florida, or I guess Sunrise because he was already in Florida. Um, yes. And he's a first liner. Like the what he's been able to demonstrate, I think, is is amazing. Obviously, the Anthony Duclair pickup, fantastic. Gets his first goal uh, against Tampa earlier this week. Yeah. Um, great goal, by the way. Yeah, Amazing fantastic. Goal, yeah, right? I remember you, you texted me right when it happens because I wasn't watching the game. I was at work. Well, I, I can never tell. I, I can't keep track of your schedule, so I'm not sure if you were, you were working. I just texted you. I said, Anthony Duclair is a guy. Um, yeah, so I think yeah, no, I, I, yeah, I inferred from that. that I, he had I, done I something nice. That, yeah. Um, I, he's been, he's been amazing. I think even though like it hasn't exactly shown 100% on the, on the score sheet is he's creating opportunities out there. And I, I, I think that's awesome. Um, obviously the defense is doing its job. And then, I mean, Drieger obviously getting more starts than he was probably anticipated to. I think that everyone can agree that 14 games in, we didn't think that Bobrovsky would have seven and Drieger would have the other seven. I think that that that's not what we thought was going to happen. And the fact that he's been able to to play this well is is awesome. That being said, we, you mentioned um, are are we are we putting them as contenders? Yes. I'm saying pump the brakes a little. Um, I'm ex- like, the, and this was the same as the, at the beginning of the season. Fully like the expectation is to make playoffs. Yeah. Right. And we all know that like once playoffs comes around, it's, you never know what can happen. Right. And that's why I'm hesitant to call them contenders because I don't see the Panthers as, as really having like such a dominant team. Like I'm not sure. Cause obviously when Tampa comes back, if he's healthy, Kucherov is going to be on that roster for playoffs. Like, you're going up against teams like that and we'll probably see a Florida Tampa series. If, if everything goes according to plan. Yeah. Like I I just can't see myself putting them down as contenders for the cup. I can see them as being a competitive playoff team, but I wouldn't label them as contenders. All right. All right. Yeah. For me, like again, and it's, it's only the quarter mark of the season. So it's still very, very early. Right. Um, would I call them contenders? I think they're borderline. Like it depends on what you would like, how you say like a contender, like if, are they in the same stratosphere as Tampa, Colorado, Vegas, let's say Toronto just for fun, because they're in a weak division. Would I say they're on that level? No. But I think they're right there in that group that's right below those teams. Um, and the thing for me is uh, there, there's sometimes like when a team does well, um, but then like, you know, they're getting the wins and stuff like that. But then you, you start to really dissect their game and watch it. And you're th- you know, it's the perfect example for this. Buffalo Sabres. 
Exactly. That's exactly what I, was I knew. Thinking. It. I was. It's exactly it's, what I was thinking. Exactly. Exactly. We were right, both yeah. thinking the same. Yeah. Thing. Where I it's mean, like you look at the Buffalo Sabers. What, what was it like two years ago now? The last. The first, so the, the last the two seasons. Games. It was just the last two seasons. Not this year. Uh, Buffalo's gotten off to a really hot start, right? And everyone's like, okay, uh, this team's coming out of it, right? But then, like, if you watch them play in that span, you're like, this isn't a dominant team by any means, right? They're not playing that great. You know, they're just they're burying their chances, right? Getting a little puck luck here there, but you wouldn't say that that's a team that deserved to be as good as the results were there, right? And I know we're using the Buffalo example because it's easy to pick on Buffalo. So easy, and I love it. Yeah, right? So it's easy to do. Jeff Skinner, like, it's super easy to pick on them. Um, but the thing to me is, like, the results are there right now for the Panthers, but when you watch the games, like, they're very competitive in every game. Uh, it's a team I think that's working a lot harder than we've seen in years past, right? Like even when they're losing, even when they're winning, uh, the games aren't becoming too one side in either direction. Mm-hmm. So like, I think, yeah, I don't think. But the, you want to know what? Like the fact that they beat Tampa twice out of three games. Like I think that that kind of that's. That's the proof. Right? Yeah, like we said, we were going to learn a lot. We we're going to learn a lot about them in this stretch, right? That's what we said. Uh, this eleven-game stretch with a couple against Detroit thrown in there, that we we're going to learn a lot about them. And the way the schedule has worked out this season is that a lot of matchups, you're playing, you know, back to back two or three games against a team, so it kind of is like a mini series feel, right? And it's you know uh, they come out with the two wins against Tampa Bay, and of course Tampa Bay, yeah, they're missing Kucherov, but you know, I feel comfortable saying like, yeah, they can compete with that team. Can they beat them in a seven game series? I don't know, but they can compete and be competitive with them. And I think that's the important thing to take away from that. And so based on just the way they've played in these last four games against really good opponents, I don't like, I don't know if I'm ready to call them contenders, but I don't think they're pretenders by any means. I don't see them falling off. Same. Right. I see them hopefully maintaining you know, there might be a bit of a dip right now, obviously being top in the division, but I don't see them falling off a cliff here like Buffalo did the last two years. Yeah, no, definitely not. I think that I, I, I could envision or, you know, like predict maybe a small dip um, that that wouldn't surprise me, but fully expect them to make the playoffs at this point i think it's i think they've proven a lot of people wrong and i still don't think they're getting the recognition they deserve absolutely and i think what's made the big difference this year as opposed to like previous years um like yeah the last like four or five years there's always been a good amount of optimism going into the season uh and i think the difference this year is like the the core of the Panthers has never been the issue. Like that core group of Ekblad, Barkov, Huberto, like that's never been an issue for the Panthers, right? Um, but they just seem to finally have found the right mix of a supporting cast around them. And you may see, like, I'm sure some people think, you know, like Anthony DeClaire or Carter Verhage, you know, that's a downgrade on Hoffman or Dadnov, right? Because of the numbers those guys put up. But when you break down like what Mike Hoffman did, you kind of understand that really his value just came pretty much from the power play. 
Exactly. That, right? From from the top of the right circle on the power play. That's that's it. That, that, that was, was his job. And he was great at it. He was. He was. But, the, but the, he, he scored an overtime winner with St. Louis uh, a few nights ago against um, – Man, I think oh, it was Arizona. Arizona. They were always the they played last, Arizona like seven straight. Yeah, it was the last game of the the seven game series, I think. Um, like that, that's what he does. He has a missile of a shot. Yeah, but it's definitely not irreplaceable. And if if you can replace it with more all round depth, like I definitely think that. I mean. Carter Verhage and Anthony Duclair definitely have more like defensive ability and um, better skating, you know, a ton of things that Hoffman didn't have that might compensate for the fact that they don't have that absolute piss missile of a wrist shot. Yeah. And that's the thing, right? Like very productive on the power play, Mike Hoffman, but the power play is a facet of the game where it's not super difficult to be competent in that, in that area, right? Like there's a lot of players that are really good on the power play because you're, you're up a man, right? It's not, it's not overly difficult. Um, but the reality is the majority of the game is played five on five and you exactly. need guys and you need guys to be productive uh, at five on five. And that's what Duclair and Verhage have brought, right? Even if, you know, the puck's not always going in for them, they're getting to the right areas, they're hunting pucks, you know, they're getting open uh, and getting some really good looks. And I think they've done a better job five on five than what we saw from Mike Hoffman. Now, Dadnov was another player who is, you know, a great five on five. He's a pretty good five on five player. Yeah. But is the gap between him and Verhage, is that like a, a four or five million dollar gap? I don't think it is. And so how can you really argue with, you know, what, what the new guys have brought for the price they've come in at? It's exactly. I mean, and the Panthers save money. It's. Well, I mean, we'll, we'll give the credit to to who deserves it, and that, I think that's Bill Zito. Like he's he's definitely come in. He's implemented his system, and it's it's working. Yeah. No, it's been it's worked out really well so far, and we were excited when they brought in Bill Zito, uh, and we liked a lot of the moves he made in the off season, specifically the Mike Matheson deal. We won't really give him any credit for the Duclair signing. Cause I, I think we had a lot to do with it, but yeah, that one you could, you could toss up for debate. Uh, yeah. For but sure. the other deals, I mean the Mike, Mike Matheson for Patrick Hornquist, I, what a fantastic move. Yeah. Patrick Hornquist has just been exactly what you wanted him to be for, for this team. And you know, it, it, it to bring in an asset like that while giving up an asset that I think a lot of people see has had is having negative value, just an excellent piece of business. I 100%. I, I can't argue with that. And Matheson was already injured this season. Uh, six games, one assist. Like, not, I, I, I don't even understand. Like, I think Pittsburgh and JR, I think, I mean, he's gone now. Obviously, hate to see it end like that um, between Rutherford and, and the Penguins, but there were some questionable moves that he made before that. And I think the Matheson trade was one of them. Yeah. And 
I mean, a part of me doesn't want to be like too critical of the moves made this off season, just because it was such an abnormal off season for a lot of teams. Right. And so like, yeah, was that a great move for them? No. Did they overpay for Kasperi Kapitan? Yes. Especially when you see what some other players went for later in the off season, when I, teams were just trying to dump cap and Toronto was a bit handcuffed too. I mean, full credit to Kyle Dubas. He's, he's definitely, he's, it's, it's, you don't really mention him and losing a deal in the same sentence. And I think credit where credit is due there. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, Rutherford immensely overpaid for Kapanen, who's having an okay season so far. Um, I, he's not, I'm, I'm, pro- he's not producing for the amount that um, the Penguins gave up. Yeah. And yeah, it just seemed like too much. I've never been a big Kapanen fan. So hard to really say. Uh, you know, I like I wouldn't have given up that much for him, that's for sure. Um and, one... and... sorry, you go. Just one more thing on the Kapanen trade. I mean, they knew Toronto was desperate for a first rounder. Yeah. Like that that was they, they didn't have one. And I mean they gave them a pretty decent one. For Kasperi Kapanen, I think that – I really think there was a screw loose in there. Um, but – I think it's just, you know, a, a misjudgment of the the power dynamic and leverage of that whole process. Like, Toronto was a team without a first, strapped to the cap. And you said, hey, Toronto, we'll help you with your cap, and here's a first-round pick. Not – Which, realistically, Toronto did not – get harmed at all by losing Kapanen like it was may have been may have sucked for Kapanen fans but other than that like they they did not drop drop off on ice performance like that's just the reality and no and then for the same price as Kapanen Toronto goes out and gets Simmons and Thornton and it's like it's 2007 again like so to me just just a weird move Especially like you see like what like Nate Schmidt went for later in the off season, right? Yeah, I, and like so, some other players that got moved around for not a lot. I mean, it was definitely premature and just not a good valuation. No, but that's okay because we don't really care about either of those teams. Exactly, exactly. Um, one before we go here because we're we're wrapping things up, I did want to mention one thing, and that is that. Uh, as Panthers fans, for years, we've kind of been subjected to a lot of chirping from other fan bases about the Florida Panthers and their attendance and nobody in South Florida cares about hockey and all that noise that is just annoying and like not entirely true, really. But I would like to point out that this year, the Florida Panthers are second in attendance in the NHL. That that is going to go down in history. That is a fact that cannot be disputed. They are averaging. I mean, even T- Tampa Bay is only averaging a hundred fans. And are they really? Yeah. Why? Yeah. F- Florida sits second. I think maybe they only let a hundred people in. How Seems much like does Florida have? Three thousand eight hundred and fifty-nine average attendance. Second to I'm the Dallas to Stars. 
Dallas has played less games. Let's well, and it, and, it, and it's close. But this could be the year the Florida Panthers finally lead the league in attendance. Top five. They'll be top five. They'll I be mean, top five I mean, for sure. It's about we're time. We're predicting it. And, you know, hopefully those attendance jokes might slowly fade away. But overall, I mean, great for the team. Um, you know, obviously, uh, yeah, there's only like four or five teams that have, you know, have any fans. Yeah. But, uh, you know, it's, it's advantageous, though, for the Panthers that they're, you know, in a state where they're allowed to have fans. And especially just with the, the financial implications for a lot of teams, you know, it's not ideal to only have 3,000 in there, but you'd rather have 3,000 fans than zero uh, if it helps out <laughs> financially. And then, you know, maybe you're able to spend more on players and in other areas and not have to cut as much as some other teams are going to have to here. Uh, but just great to see. Great to see the attendance numbers. It's it's awesome. It, it really is. Um and yeah, I, I, I don't know if it's going to create more memes, create less memes. I'm not sure more, about that. but For sure more. <laughs> oh, all the pictures. Not. Oh, is this just a normal home game for the Panthers? And I'm sorry, <laughs> um, like, who's at the Leafs game right now that's on? No one. Exactly. Uh, so, no, nah, definitely a very interesting factoid. Um, I, just, I, just wanted it. To th- I just wanted to throw it out there at the end obviously, here. Obviously, obviously. Uh, love to see it too. Yeah, just – just fantastic uh, to see. And the, yeah, attendance great. Team's playing great. Um, fingers crossed that they can keep it up and, uh, you know, make a real push here and prove a lot of people wrong. That's what we like to see. Exactly. Exactly. And, uh, and yeah, that, uh, I guess that does it for this episode of the podcast. Uh, thank you to everyone tuning in. We will be back on Monday with a brand new episode. Uh, remember to download DraftKings with promo code THPN and we'll talk to you guys next Monday. Barkov looking to get a step on me.